I'd like to welcome everyone here at Central Campus, and for those of you who are joining us online, hello to all my brothers and sisters in Christ from Airdrie, Bearspaw, Bridgeland, and South Campus. Today, I would like to address a few very common questions that many, if not all, people at one point ask in their life. The first couple are, why am I here? What is the purpose to life? I've discussed these questions with many people. Some standard answers have been, the purpose of life is to be happy, to make this world a better place, to do good to others. One of the most frequent answers I hear is, I have no idea. From the scriptures, we can see that the whole purpose to life is to decide whether we are going to come into agreement with how God says you can have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Now, if you have decided to come into alignment with him on what he says is right and wrong and how God says you can have a relationship with him, the next question would be, what is God's will for my life? Have you found your answer? More importantly, are you living your answer? These may seem like huge, complicated questions. One of our pursuits at Center Street Church is to pursue simplicity. I believe we can summarize our answer to this question, what is God's will for my life, in two simple words. Intentional love. Intentional love. Well, intentional love towards what? There are a thousand things that we can intentionally love. But again, according to the Bible, we are given two simple mandates. Intentionally love God, intentionally love people. First, let's look at how to intentionally love God. The Lord introduces to us first in Deuteronomy 6.5 and then in the three other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as to what is to be the laser focus of our life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is a very rich directive, and you've probably heard it before. It's full of meaning and insight and direction. I encourage you to research into the meaning of those domains of your life that were mentioned at a later time. But right now, I want to explore the dynamic spiritual vibrancy that is the result of applying this verse. Practically, when taking steps to follow God's will for your life, you may be wondering what education you should get, what career direction you should move in, who to spend time with, what activities to get involved with, what passions to explore. And these are all very important things to ponder and pray about. However, as we peel back those external things to get to the deep inner parts of you as to what is behind or what drives all your life decisions, we need to ask ourselves, what does your thinking, your speaking, your feeling, your living look like when you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. 
As I was pondering this, I remembered a time when I had several conversations with an individual about spirituality, Jesus, the Bible, the world, and the need for a relationship with God in his life. As we weaved in and out of theologies and personal beliefs, um, he defended his decision to not embrace being a follower of Christ. And in his final defense, he said to me, Val, I know 10 Christians. Nine out of 10 are no different than non-Christians. They act the same. They are still angry about things that were said to them 20 years ago. And they're still crying about hurts that happened to them throughout their whole life. They are no different than me. Why would I ever want to become a Christian when all I'd be doing is just adding a bunch of rules to my life? I was deeply saddened by his observation, but at the same time, it was profound. He revealed what it looks like when we as Christians do not put our spiritual beliefs into intentional living, intentionally love for God. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me, John 14, 15. And he did not say this as a controlling, egotistical tyrant. No, he said it as a loving God to protect us, knowing what perspectives and actions will bring us life and wholeness and what perspectives and actions will bring us damage and turmoil. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the world and so, word, sorry, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What would the world see if we devoted ourselves to not just knowing the word of God, but we lived it? They would see us free from the things that destroy us, free from the things that destroy them. To intentionally love God is to seek his face, to desire his presence. And the results of everything you do flow out of your intimacy with him. The Lord wants you to live in freedom. And he's outlined for us in the Bible promises and principles that attend to keeping our mind, our soul, and spirit whole and healthy and full of life. Romans 8 says... Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. And then later down in verse 13, it says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, by the spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. This clearly urges us to do whatever it takes to get free from the things that are stealing your joy, the things that are entangling you in bondage. Why live as spiritual slaves when we have been set free? And there are incredible ways here that are offered at Center Street Church as a resource to apply what I'm talking about. There's Encounter God Weekends, there's Freedom Sessions, just to name a couple. I once decided, and I have to keep resolving in my mind and heart, this statement. I will not cooperate with the things that Jesus died to set me free from. 
I invite you to write that statement down and resolve it for yourself. I will not cooperate with the things that Jesus died to set me free from. I'm a runner. I physically run for exercise. Last year I broke my toe and I could not run for many months. And when I started up again, it felt horrible. I was slow and my body would scream against the effort that it took. On one of those first returning runs, as I was gasping for air and my legs were aching, a thought went through my head. I should just stop running, like forever. But as I kept going, and over the days and over the weeks, I got faster and I was able to go further. And my perspective changed from, I don't know if I want to do this, to this is what I do. As each of us look right now where we are at in our spiritual life, until we see Jesus face to face, we have an opportunity to grow and mature. It's hard sometimes, and it takes effort. You may be in a spot right now that when it comes to loving God through obedience, your perspective is, I want to follow the Lord, but I don't know if I can or want to do all that it takes to live all that he has called me to. I want to encourage you. You can make decisions today that will impact who you will become. The decisions you make to intentionally love God will transform you into a passionate warrior in the kingdom of God so that you will and can say, to live is Christ and to die is gain. This is what I do. Now I am very aware that the reality of things is that there are things that we struggle with. There's no shame or condemnation that these feelings and situations are there. It is important to acknowledge, address, and work through our circumstances and feelings in appropriate ways. I too have had sleepless nights tossing and turning. I felt fear, stress, I've been selfish. I've even felt sorry for myself a few times. We may feel something, but we know Jesus' death and resurrection has given us the power and the freedom to choose with our will to come into alignment with the things of God. So let's take an honest look at ourselves. Perhaps you know that you have become skeptical, critical, or selfish. As life goes by, maybe you become lazy or apathetic in how you intentionally love God. And as awkward as it is, I just have to ask the question out of love for you. Are you participating in continuous, unconfessed sin? that God cannot bless. I ask you this because eventually it will suck the life right out of you. Maybe you feel like God is just not active in your life and it seems like he's just not coming through. He feels so far away. You may have words running through your head. You're a failure. You're all alone. Things are never gonna change. If you are feeling fear, 
anxiety. Circumstances just seem overwhelming and they fill you with a heaviness weighing you down. If hopelessness is creeping in and despair is settling on your heart, you are hurting so bad. And even for some of you, death seems like to be the answer for relief. Well, on the authority of the word of God, I say to you today, don't you believe it for a second. This is only a chapter in your story. This is a season that will pass. The Lord will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And as a Christian, you are an heir of the living God and you are a co-heir with King Jesus. And the power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Don't you give up. The heart above all is deceitful. Who can understand it? Don't be led by your heart. Be led by the Spirit of God. Lead your heart by the truth and power of the Holy Spirit. Though a righteous person may fall seven times, they will rise again. That's Proverbs 24, 16. So tear off those lies, surrender everything to Jesus. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. He has and he will destroy the works of the devil. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Jesus will heal your broken heart. He will direct your paths. Set your eyes on Jesus. Intentionally love him above all else because he first loved you. And he is able to do exceedingly more than you could ever ask or imagine. And when you have a fullness in your spiritual life, being vigorously active in your faith, fully devoted and close to God during your time here on earth, you will have the most meaningful joy, contentment, peace, and adventure. And there is nothing else in this world that can compare. Proclaim that he is the God of the mountains and the valleys. And then go, declare it, because the world needs your testimony. This brings me to the second purpose of your life as saints of the Most High God. You are set apart for a specific purpose. Love your neighbor as yourself. Intentionally love others. This past year, I flew on an airplane and I began a conversation with the man uh, sitting in the seat beside me. We discussed many topics, including spirituality. As we dove into the credibility of the Bible, Jesus, and the entirety of the gospel, after a few hours, he exclaimed, this is fascinating. I've never heard any of this before. I didn't know why Jesus was such a big deal. Thank you so much for explaining this to me. I have a lot to think about. Now this gentleman, who I estimate was around 50 years of age, was raised in Alberta and has spent the last 30 years of his life in Calgary. What was completely fascinating for me was, how could he not have heard this before? Has he never had any Christians engage with him in his entire life? Well, this is unlikely, being in this city, let alone this nation. Unfortunately, his is not an isolated case. I could tell you about a woman who I met at a bus stop. 
She had moved from India to Calgary some 30 years before. I ended up praying for her, and when I was done, through tears, she thanked me. She explained to me that though she had heard other types of prayers before, but she had never, ever experienced someone praying for her in her entire life. And then there was the young 19-year-old woman at the Stampede. I noticed she had a necklace with a cross around her neck. I said, that's a nice cross. Do you know what it means? Does it mean something to you? She looked down at it and said, no, I just think it's pretty. I inquired further. Well, like, do you, do you know what it means? Like, I'm sure you've heard about Jesus and him dying on a cross. And she shook her head, no, I haven't. I said, do you mind me asking where you were born? She said, here in Calgary. I've lived here all my life. I could tell you so many similar stories. And after having many of these experiences, I have then wondered, who in my own life have I not given an answer to the hope that lies within me? Through prayer, through the words of your mouth, through the deeds of your hands, you get to stir up a war in the spiritual realm over a soul. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That's Luke 19.10. We are made and spiritually transformed to carry his presence through the Holy Spirit living in us, to reflect his glory, and to call out to others incredibly good news. What does it look like to intentionally love others? I was at an event, and inevitably, I had to use the bathroom. And there was a long lineup, and I was tempted to go on my phone and just wait in silence. Instead, I decided to intentionally strike up a conversation with the lady beside me. We briefly talked about a couple surface is issues, and the conversation turned to politics. As she voiced her frustration and concern, I knew I could engage in one of two ways. Number one, I could join in and express all my wonderful opinions. Or number two, I could ask the Lord what he wanted me to say. I decided on the second. After she expressed her views, she finished her statements with this. It is so hopeless. I said, I know. Where do you find hope? She looked at me exasperated and said, I have no hope. There is no hope. So with five people in the line in front of us and five people behind and all the bathroom stalls full, I had a truly captive audience. I smiled. Well, do I ever have some good news for you? I went on to quickly explain that we cannot control the circumstances of this world, but there's a freedom that we can have. It's in our hearts, a freedom in our minds and our soul. A freedom from fear, a freedom from despair, and a whole bunch more. However, this freedom cannot come from any ideal situation or human. I shared that this freedom comes only from Jesus and when it comes from him, nobody can take it away from us. As we moved to the front of the line, I said, it's actually really fascinating how much Jesus talked about all the things that we as humans desire. Love, peace, justice, freedom, hope, 
You should look into it sometime. She was listening with interest and said she did not know that Jesus spoke about those things. I finished with, if we are going to hope in something that won't let us down, then it has to be above human systems. I know I wouldn't want to live a life without Jesus. She nodded reflectively and we parted ways. You see, we have been given an impossible task to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, to make disciples of Jesus. It is only possible through supernatural means. To intentionally love people means we have to proclaim the gospel. The Greek definition of the gospel is good news. The Oxford Languages Resource offers this definition of the gospel. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I love this. The gospel is the good news about Jesus, what he did, what he does, and what he's going to do. The gospel is to reveal Jesus to people through the Holy Spirit living in you. God unfolded this brilliant plan that the presence of God is to be carried all over the world in us. It is the Holy Spirit who draws people to the Father. It is our job to be intentional. You can begin by asking God to open your ear and spiritually position yourself to put your ear to the heart of God and then listen to the counsel of our counselor, the Holy Spirit. And as you see what he is seeing and you hear what he is saying, then your witness becomes effective. The people in this world long for an encounter with the one true God. I was at a different event, and as I stood watching the crowd, I decided to pause and just ask God, Lord, who do you want me to talk to? What do you want me to say? I was drawn to this man and woman standing watching the event from a distance. I didn't get any clear or distinct message as to what the Lord wanted me to go tell them, yet they just seemed to stick out to me. Wanting to be sensitive and obedient to the Lord, I went and I approached them. I greeted them and I asked them how they were enjoying the event. We chatted about life and they eventually mentioned that things were pretty tough as they were living on one income which was not enough to support them both. I decided to take what felt like a scary step and I said, that does sound tough. I have a faith, I love Jesus. Would I be able to pray for you? They looked at each other, and though the man seemed uninterested, the woman said yes. I took it one step further and asked, is there anything else that I could pray for you specifically? She said, well, I have bowel cancer, and he has stage four stomach cancer. I gasped, I was so taken back. Oh, wow, that much be such a difficult journey. And I immediately just closed my eyes and I began to pray for them. And when I was done, they both began to open up and share about their struggles. And then the man suddenly blurted out, I am so afraid to die. I don't know what's on the other side. And both of them just broke down in tears. I was able to share with them the entire good news of the gospel. 
I gave him a Bible, and we parted with hugs. What if, what if to intentionally love others was not having to add one more thing to your to-do list or having to attend one more event? Instead, what if as we go about our everyday life, our already planned activities, we simply learn how to get into intentional spiritual conversations in a way that our culture can receive? What if we learn how to hear and rely on the Holy Spirit for direction? And instead of trying to get someone saved, and of course we hope they do, what if we were fully aware that we carry the presence of God and we learn to speak his language of life over people, speak truth in love, gentleness, honor, and yet in boldness and courage? What if we could have our friends, our coworkers, our family members, even strangers that we interact with, taste and see that the Lord is oh so good. What if evangelism was not such a scary word because it was not bound by formulas or having to say it all right? What if it's not about filling quotas or winning debates, but instead evangelism is remembering your first love and then sharing parts of your story? What if by intentionally loving God and others, it illuminates the light of his glory and divine love that is pouring out of you in the everyday things of life. In the darkest of nights and in the messiest of situations and in the scariest of times so that others will see and say, there must be a God. The results in your life when you seek the lost and reveal Jesus to them is that you get to then experience the privilege of having the love of God pour through you to others. What if intentionally loving others was to simply ask the Lord these two questions every day? Lord, who do you want me to talk to? What do you want me to say? This is the will of God for your life. Now, if you'd like to learn more of how to do this, there's so many opportunities here at Center Street Church to get involved with. There's Monday Night Evangelism, Compassion Ministries, New Canadian Friendship Center, and the Alpha Program, just to name a few. Now, for anyone listening who knows God, but you do not know God, let me tell you who he is. Jesus is a friend of the forgotten. He is the friend of the one who has missed the mark. He is the one who restores the ruins of your life. He will save you from the things that are destroying you. He will heal you from the things that have been done to you. Jesus will forgive you for the things that you have done to others, if you ask him to. He will remove the heavy guilt and shame. He will rescue you from demonic forces that are harassing you. And he will silence the thoughts in your minds that are tormenting you. 
He will stop the bleeding of your broken heart. Jesus will free you from the chains of bitterness. He will free you from the chains of anger, emptiness, confusion, trauma, anxiety, depression, and addiction. And if Jesus sets you free, you will be free indeed. This freedom and gift, it does come free, but it does not come cheap. Jesus Christ suffered terribly on that cross to pay the penalty, to set you free from your sin and heal you from your brokenness. And then he was raised to life and he conquered death and he alone holds the keys to death and life. And there is no other name under heaven in which we can be saved. There's a statement in the Bible. It's a book written by a passionate follower of Christ named Paul. It's 2 Corinthians 5.20. And he says, be reconciled to God. Said another way would be this. Do not oppose your return into God's favor. Lay hold of the favor God has towards you and has now offered you. If you realize that you need a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I assure you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. And anyone who puts their trust in Jesus will never be put to shame. You will never regret it. Just call out to him. Now for everyone who is listening, wherever you are at in your spiritual journey, uh, uh, even of those who have been Christians for your entire life. Remember this truth and have this matter settled in your heart and mind. The one who made the heart is the only one who can heal the heart. Everything else will be a counterfeit or temporary. The one Jesus Christ who made the heart is the only one who can heal the heart. And you can only freely give away what you have freely received. I am the church and you are the church. And we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of pointing people to receive the restoring of God's favor toward them. You have been given the greatest, most significant purpose in life as royal sons and daughters of the Most High King. To intentionally love God and intentionally love others. You have been given the gift of days. How will you live them? Go after Jesus with everything within you. Take hold and apply everything that Jesus died to give you access to. Let's not settle for a dry, lifeless religion full of rules. Let's not live half-hearted. Let's fully say yes to Jesus and then let's run after the one he died to save. As we finish our time together, what is Jesus saying to you? If you have some things that are between you and the almighty God, right now, where you are sitting, just raise your eyes toward heaven and confess and repent and clear away what's hindering your intimacy with him. 
You can get on your knees right where you're at, even if you are watching online. You can come up to the front here as an act of humility and resolve. You can kneel in the aisle. You have freedom. If you need to forgive someone, do it. Lead your heart. I guarantee that unforgiveness in your life is poisoning you. And it is hindering your relationship with God and your relationship with those in your life. If you need to be the one to ask for forgiveness, do it. Lead your heart. Do what's right in the eyes of God. Draw a line in the sand today and decide, I will love Jesus more. More than this and more than that. I will love Jesus more than anything. 